what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm Matt Moore, senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Sean Little. You can find him on Twitter at Chicago Flow. And Jay Money, you can follow him on Twitter at Jay Money is Money. This is your Wednesday best bets in the National Basketball Association. Glad to have you guys with us. Wanna let you know everything we talk about today can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. Best way for you to track your picks. You get up to second information where the bets and money you're coming in on, like pouring in right now on the thunder we'll talk about a little bit of that game in a little bit uh as well as you get all of our great content you get our daily betting show green dot daily which sets your betting agenda for the day all of our awesome podcasts check out big bets on campus as college basketball gets rolling they'll be covering both the end of college football and the start of college basketball those guys are fiends check it out in the big bets on campus podcast feed all right fellas as we always do we're going to start with our best bets uh i'm going to go over two because the fucking dallas mavericks decided that they couldn't hold on to a 25-plus lead and gave up a 33-15 third quarter. Gotta love the NBA. Just love the NBA uh, giving up that kind of a lead and then not being able to secure the cover at the end. Jay, let's start with you. What's your best bet for Wednesday? Yeah, I'm on Hawks plus two, uh, one and a half, whatever you, whatever you can get. I think the Hawks will win this game. Celtics been teetering on a loss. Uh, I think it comes here. Okay. All right. Bold. I like it. Sean, what do you got for me? Celtics Hawks under 232 and a half minus 110. I got a couple of things I think cross up pretty well for this game to go under. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I disagree. And you can shut your mouth because I like the over <laughs> in this game. Love the over 232 and a half. Uh, I'm also on Bulls plus four and a half. That's going to be on our NBA bet stream, which you can find on League Pass. If you want to hear a betting view of that game, I'm going to be getting all sorts of Larry Nance props in that game. Um, I want to talk about a couple of games. I want to talk about Mavs minus 10 and a half and Cavs minus four and a half. We'll talk about those at the end. But let's start with this Celtics Hawks game since all of us have a play on it. Uh, all right, Sean, let's start with, let's start with the, the over talk because both you and I have got um, have a play on it going head to head. Yeah. Give me the case for the under here, given that neither of these teams, uh, based off of basically where the Celtics have been through the course of the season and the Hawks have been over the last three years, can stop a fucking nosebleed. Explain to me how this is going under. Yeah, no, I feel you. And I've been making – that's the only thing. That's a consistent play that I've been making is taking the Celtics team total when they're at home. They're averaging 124 points at home. But when they get on the road, they're averaging four points fewer. And the Celtics, we know, take a bunch of threes and make a bunch of threes. But on the flip, the Hawks are the second-ranked in opponent three-point percentage at 32%. So a ton of things that cross up there. And then when we talk about the Hawks – this is the worst squad in the NBA uh, with threes made at 9.4. They're only shooting 33% on the year. They take a bunch of twos. 70% of their stuff is from within inside the arc. So they're not taking a lot of threes. They're not putting them up. They don't make them regardless. That's not their game. And for how suspect the Celtics defense has been, they've been solid in the paint. 
eighth in points allowed at 46.1. I think 232 and a half is too many. I also think this is a game that the Hawks are going to show up for in a major, major way. The the classic measuring stick spot uh, against the Celtics that are, you know, clearly the number one team in the East. I think this is too many on the road for the Boston Celtics. I think it goes under the 232 and a half. Talk to me, Matt. I think you, you wore me off of it. I'm not going to bet the under. I'm not flipping my pick. Yeah. You scared me off of it. The three-point stuff is is concerning. The, here's the problem, okay, is like, I, I bet the Celtics overs throughout the season, but the problem is like when you get burned, it, it hurts. It hurts more. Yeah. Cause you're going, you know, you're going against the most efficient offense in the league. Yeah. It's like you, you look at yourself, like, what are you doing here? Betting against a squad like that. But I like this spot here. I mean, look, I talked about this on, on buckets with uh, AC on Monday. Like I think the Hawks are frisky. Like, I think that they are not just, no, that, that's not even the right word for it. I think they're a little chippy. I think they got a little dirt to them because of DeJounte. Or I think DeJounte really has kind of like done something to them. Their identity's a little bit different defensively. Like they have a little bit more of an edge to them. Like they're 15th in defensive rating. That's not bad. So I get what you're saying. I think my problem is I still feel like Atlanta's going to cook. I, I just don't know what I don't know what the argument is that Boston that has had all these games that has been the most efficient offense and has all these games where they can't get a stop. I don't know how they're going to stop Atlanta. You know, like they're the, the a lot of teams are putting up big numbers on them. You've sold me on I'm, you've you've got me off of the over, so I'm taking that one off my board. I'm not going to bet the over, but I can't join you on the under, given that you're basically being like, yeah, I know, I know it's the Hawks who. who Typically can't get torched by high execution teams. And Boston's defense has been an absolute dumpster fire to start the season. I mean, they're 21st in adjusted defensive rating. They're giving up 113.2 per hundred possessions adjusted. Like, that's bad. Uh, but I, I cannot get the over here just because I think if this game is intense and both these teams, the Hawks have also been knocking off Eastern Conference contenders. Like that's been what they've been doing. They've been all over run here. So let's feed that into Jay. Jay, why do you like Atlanta here given that Boston – 11 and three, second best adjusted net rating in the league. They've been a house on fire, trounced the Nuggets. I think a pretty comparable team to Atlanta last Friday. Why do you like the Hawks here? Yeah, but that was at the house as well. And I think the I think that the Celtics are teetering on a loss as well. And even at the house, we saw them come out versus the Thunder as well. And basically, they were losing that game the whole game. They had to come back uh, and win that one. So that's something I like to do, kind of notice when a team is on a win streak and noticing when they're pretty close to a loss. The team has a, uh, they have a lot of distractions right now. Jalen Brown's a little banged up. Uh, Marcus Smart's a little banged up. Brogdon as well. And also a little bit of inside info. Jason Tatum is at the Duke and Kansas game right now. So uh, it's a pretty late night game that's in indiana right uh, indianapolis as well you're going to have to fly down there to atlanta probably on a private jet whatever he's i mean they're still kind of being uh not really connected with the team there so wouldn't be surprised if tatum i'm not gonna say sat out but maybe didn't have a good game but regardless of all that the home team is six and oh straight up and against the spread last six in these meetings uh seven and one um straight up as well uh, last eight so um, give me the home team in this one the home dog and like you said the hawks have been playing these the eastern conference top tier teams really close i think the Celtics have been teetering on a loss. I think it comes here. Give me the uh, Hawks here, plus the two, money line, whatever. I think they win this game by double digits. So, Navy Mellon, I think, is a really interesting coach in this spot. Okay. 
Um, effectively, what the history of Nate says is you don't ever want to back him as a favorite. Anytime that they're in like an advantageous position, that's when Nate's teams underperform. But they do really well in these dog spots for his career. Uh, un- as Nate McMillan as a home dog is 54.8%. So got to like that that as well. I'm hoping money comes in on Boston, but this is already looking down. To, there's one and a half in the market already. So I'm wondering, as we record this on, on Tuesday night, so I'm wondering if this is going to go the other way. If this goes the other way, it's a no play for me. If the money comes back in on Boston and I can get a juicier money line, I might play Atlanta money line, right? Like I might just go that route and not mess with the like spread. Um, at plus 115 right now, I don't think it's just not worth it to me. I don't like the spot that much. I need, I need a little of extra given the gap between these two teams. I think the other issue is just like Boston cares a lot about every single game. It's honestly one of the reasons why it's impressive that they made the finals is usually the teams that make the finals, the teams that during the regular season are like, whatever. But Boston's like in that revenge mode. They look like the Suns last year did not work out yeah. great for Phoenix, but they look a little bit like that, right? Like out for blood, trying to get get revenge, et cetera. Um, don't mind it. I don't mind that the Hawks play. I'll be looking to see what the, what the line does. If that goes back the other way, even if the Sharps like Boston and they come in late on Boston, um, I will go ahead and take... Atlanta on money line. If I can get this over 120, 125. All right, let's talk about a few other games here. Um, I want to talk about on, on best stream, we're doing Bulls Pelicans. And Pelicans got a big win versus the Memphis Grizzlies. Awesome like, game. Awesome game. Awesome game. Like no Desmond Bain, no Zion Williamson, and it was still absolutely awesome. Jose Alvarado was incredible. I've got a big video feature that you can check out both on YouTube and on Green Dot Daily and all the stuff about the Pelicans and kind of three things to know about them. Uh, I like this Pelicans team a lot. I think this Pelicans team is really good. I think actually they're better than their record. Mm-hmm. I don't like the spot. Coming off of a big win, big win versus um, the Memphis Grizzlies. Now you're on a back-to-back. There's a possibility Zion plays, so you should wait on this is what I would say. Like, Wait until you get confirmation that Zion's not going to play. Um, because if he plays, this number moves. And I still probably like the Bulls then, but you get a better number. And so I think like, that's that's kind of valuable here. Um, here's like a, the starting point. Willie Green's Pelicans overall against the spread on a back-to-back, 41.2% ATS. Three and 14 straight up, like three and 14 straight up at home does not get better. Two and seven at home, three and six against the spread. Uh, To me, coaching is a big illustrator of of how you perform on these back to backs. Do you key in and say like, hey, this is like a low, this is a typically a low percentage spot. If we get this win, it really helps us, you know, don't give into that fatigue. Or do you take the other approach, which is like the NBA, the season's long. It's fine. Let's just get through this and get and not get many more injured, right? Possibility, I think Brandon Ingram doesn't play. Possibility, CJ McCollum doesn't play. Possibility, Jonas Valanciunas doesn't play. Just based off of the back-to-back, like, it just, any of those guys could rest tomorrow. They got the win they needed. Like that Memphis win, that helps for division. That helps for your, all across the board. That, that win was important. The Chicago one, not so important. And it's not on national TV. So they can rest guys and not get dinged by the league. Uh, Mm -hmm. So given all that, plus I like the Bulls style of switching. I like Io DeSumnu being able to kind of counter as like a a fast, speedy guard counter Alvarado. 
in certain matchups. Patrick Williams has played really well lately. You've got DeRozan and Levine if they play uh, going into like a, a, I think a pretty good matchup as far as bringing firepower here. Bulls have been a little shaky lately. I will grab the points. I'm not going to play them on the money line, but I am going to grab the points with the Bulls plus four and a half. Jay, you got any thoughts? Yeah, I, it's not some. I, uh, it's not a bet that I have. It, you make some good points there about Willie Green, the back to backs. Uh, there could be something there where he's kind of telling his team, "Hey, look, don't get injured here, or don't really uh, put yourself at risk or whatever." But I don't like fading teams on a, a long homestand. That's actually some. It's a buy point for me. So while it is a back to back, they didn't have to travel anywhere. Uh, it's their fourth straight home game. I usually like to find spots to back teams that's been on a long home trip, uh, homestand. But Bulls coming off a couple losses. Well, I know after, after that game versus the Nuggets, um, there some good quotes coming out of the locker room saying that hey we got to come and play better than that um so I, I don't like betting against a team coming off a blowout loss as well so uh, it's a tough game for me i could see it going either way so i'm off of it all right sean you got any thoughts yeah it's a tough spot man this is my squad i watch these guys day in and day out it, i'll say this it, it is really frustrating for us to come on a day-to-day bet the nba and every single night worth the first thing we have to think about is Who's going to sit? What are they going to do on a back-to-back? Is Valentinus going to play? Is Levine going to play? It's like the only thing you can actually try to think about and figure out, and it's, it has a big impact on what side you're going to take. I, I wouldn't look at the money line here for the Bulls. I, I, I'm not mad at taking three and a half, four points if he gets up to that number. We know um, how efficient and clean the Bulls can play when they're playing at a high level on offense. And it was a big spot. It felt like a playoff game. People were talking shit. Morant yeah. was giving people the little the the little sign. Alvarado was doing the same thing. The atmosphere was really good. It, it is a letdown spot on a back to back on the very next night with uh with the Bulls coming off a day of rest as well. Arena was hype. Okay, how many folks are coming back to the arena? How many season ticket holders coming back for both sets? Are you, are you taking both nights out and going back to back nights to go see the Pels? Like. So I, I just yeah. kind of wonder if the energy can kind of get sapped there. Um, my numbers make this three and a half on regular season numbers adjusted for home court and power rating. I've only, I've got this basically pick them. Now, after doing some deep dive on the Pelicans, I'll be looking to upgrade them as soon as they start doing any number of things. I think that'll make them better. But especially I'll tell you, like, I don't have a lot of confidence in the starting unit. Even when Zion plays, like I'm hoping Zion plays. If Zion plays, this probably goes to six and a half. And if this goes to six and a half, I'm absolutely I'm gonna bet the, the Bulls again because yeah. that starting unit with JV is a negative. They can't generate threes. A big reason they beat Memphis was they were playing small, spreading the floor. They shot more threes in that game, I think, than they have in any other game this season. They don't do that when they're playing two bigs. So to me, there's a big edge here. I think for Chicago, especially you need that versus Chicago. That doesn't make that many. Um, I'm hoping Zion plays, and then I'll bet this again if this goes back up. Even though Matt, Zion is absolutely. Let me ask you this: with all that energy for you know the they expended in the game for the for the Pels versus Memphis, is, is the first half something you'd look at at taking the Bulls, or would you more look at just the whole game? So I I I think you get wrapped up in trying to think about when it's going to hit them, right? Mm-hmm. So. For me, it's more about like if they if the injury report comes out tomorrow and all of a sudden it's JV's questionable, Sage McCollum's questionable, uh, Brandon Ingram's or they're, they're saying they're out, right? Like this flips to what Bulls. This is probably like Pell's minus one or pick them. Yeah, if they sit everybody, um, and if they do that, then you've got great CLV. The problem I have with the with the you know the the letdown factor is you just don't know if it's going to be okay. 
they were they were so hype yesterday. It was such a great win, and they were good in the first half, and then they just oh they took a breath and they ran out of energy in the second half. Versus oh it was you know they were kind of shocked because that was a big win. They came out flat, but then they dug their way back into it. Like I feel like that's a confirmation bias where we start whatever the outcome is. Like if you win that bet, if you bet first half. You're like, I knew it. I knew, knew they were going to come, come out, out flat. Like, yeah. Yeah, Even yeah, if it's yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, no, they just missed threes. Like that's, <laughs> that's how right. goes. Right. Um, another one I want to talk about is Mavericks. Another back-to-back spot, another home back-to-back spot. So I had Dallas last night and they decided to, again, uh, just completely wet the bed with a lead. This was honestly, but you know what? I will take, I will take responsibility. They were up like 25 going into the half. Mm-hmm. And I said, should I bet Clippers here? Should I just bet Clippers money? Like, should I just bet Clippers spread in middle of this? Because the, you know, the Mavericks have trouble holding leads. Uh, the, uh, usually a team goes on a run. And the thing that froze me was, I think it was two years ago. Maybe two years. It was either last year or two years ago. There was that game where the Mavericks beat the Clippers by like 50 and they went up by 30 in the first half. And I bet the Clippers, I was like, there's no, like, they're going to make a run. Every team, and they never made a run. It just oh, got worse. And that stuck with me. I was like, this is the same matchup. I can't do it. I just got a hold here. Surely they can cover seven and a half with a 25. Nope. Can't fucking do it. But I should have just been like, no, every team makes a run. This The gap between these two teams is not 25 points. The Mavs are going to get lazy. You do not like the Mavericks as a favorite in general. You took them in a spot. Like part of the reason I took them in that spot was I was like, maybe the Clippers rest guys and they didn't. So um, that's on me. This one is interesting versus the Rockets. Okay. So it's 10 and a half versus a Houston team. That's definably, I think the worst team in the league. It's like either them or the Pistons. I think Orlando's above them. Um, Regular season numbers make this 14. That's how bad the Rockets are. And my adjusted power rating makes it about 14. So I've got four points of edge here. Mavs on back to back. All right. You get a big win versus the Clippers, but you didn't look great. Um, there was this that was said after the game. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Luka Doncic combined to play 81 minutes versus the Clippers on the first night of the back to back. Jason Kidd hinted one or the other might get a rest night versus the Oh, Rockets. okay. Hinted at by saying what? Is it was there a quote sense. or he just was like they played a lot of minutes? He played a lot of minutes and like suggested that you know we might see if we get one of those guys the night off against the worst team in the league, right? Against the worst team in the league, right? right. Now, I would actually argue what you wanted to do was rest one of them in this game. Just I'm just gonna say this as a general thing. I don't know, like I appreciate that they played their guys versus the good team. It's better for the fans, but the smart thing to do is always. Rest your guys. If you're not on national TV and going to get fined, rest your guys versus the good team because that your win percentage in those games is inherently lower. Like your win probability is lower. Play everybody versus the Rockets and smash them. That's how you build a regular season record is you destroy teams like Houston at home. Um, the question I think here is, okay, if it's Luka, right, <laughs> then this – but here's the thing. At 10 and a half, there's no number that this can get to that probably accounts for him Four, like if, if this goes to six and a half is the gap between the Rockets and the Mavericks without Luka Doncic, six and a half points. Jay, what do you think? Well, I think it'll go down to somewhere around uh, five in my opinion, but regardless, uh, it's crazy because I would Luke is worth five, five and a half points of the spread. 
Yeah, I believe so. I believe, I believe, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, he's the, one of the MVP front runners. So uh, yeah. I know that some players can be somewhere around three. I mean, that, that's kind of a reach, but we could obviously money will push it down as well. So it's not always just the books makers. Obviously, yeah. all over a different number, but money always. Uh, but regardless of that, I remember a spot last year where I took the Rockets in this exact same situation. It was a fade of the Mavs. They were coming off a big win. Um, and then they had a somewhat of a look, had they had another big game on deck as well, in which they have they they do have here the versus the Nuggets, like they have a, a home and home versus the uh, Nuggets. So um, this would be the perfect situation to rest a guy. And also they probably feel like they can still win the game and rest one. Obviously the Rockets have a lot of things going on, turmoil. They, they seem like they're kind of close to quitting, to the, quitting on the coach. He's not a real kind of alpha male type of guy anyway. So I'm saying he's kind of like a soft-spoken type of guy. I knew that wasn't going to work out well, but regardless of that, I'd be looking towards taking a 10 and a half here. That's the only way I'd play this game. Uh, maybe if you like the Mavs, you wait to see what's going to go down, wait on the finishing lineups, then you can take the lowest number possible. But um, I don't even need to know that there, that uh, watch the post-game interviews. This is a perfect spot to rest Dinwiddie or Luka. Um, I could yeah. definitely see Luka resting in a type of game like this. It's just no real reason to go balls to the wall here. And they're laying 10 and a half. Um, I, don't, I think they could play and still not cover the spread. So uh, Rocketeer plus a 10, that's the only way I'd look in this game. If you're listening to this on before the injury report comes out and you your lean is rockets, you need to bet it now. Like you need to bet it as soon as you hear this. Mm-hmm. If your lean is Mavericks, you absolutely need to wait because you're going to get a much better number either way. Like even if Spencer's out, this probably moves what a point and a half, right? Mm-hmm. So the I, I've said this before, the standard I always use is Paul George. I'm willing to say that Luke is like a full point higher, maybe a point and a half, like four and a half points higher than that like your point about the money i think is accurate here where this, okay this is ten and a half. luke is out it goes to six the public probably goes oh luke is out i'm betting i'm betting houston they move to five right so it probably winds up at five sean you're, you're making a face you disagree no. <laughs> no 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 i agree with what you guys are saying i think luke is worth four solid yeah whole points like that's I'll, a lot i'll say i'll say that it's a ton but he, we know where his usages and his numbers are at. His, we know where his props are at on a daily basis. We're talking about 50, 55 and a half PRA, right? So I'll say this. If Luca, if there's even a sniff of Luca not playing, I'm completely off of this game entirely. This game could – who knows what will happen in this game if Luca doesn't, doesn't play for Dallas. We know how we, – we know our theories with – we talk about it all the time. Big guys go out, all of a sudden Dallas is playing free-flowing. They win the game by a dozen. They could lose by – like, it's just a lot of – it's too many moving parts for me if Luka is not playing and then you throw in the the additional main moving part of a point spread. It's too much going on. I would would avoid this at all costs. But like Matt said, if you like the Rockets already, hop on it early and often because one of those guys may not play and you can get a really good number. I I think I'm going to – I think if Luka doesn't play, I'm going to bet Mavs. That's like what I Rockets, mean. It's, you can take it's, Rockets tonight and then Mavs tomorrow, somewhere around minus five, shoot for that middle. Yeah, but then if Luca plays, right? And then only moves like eight, <laughs> then I'm stuck with like Luca on a back to back, probably goes but, out celebrating the Clippers. But also, but also let's sees. be honest, like what Matt was just saying, if Luca doesn't play, I'm looking at the Mavs. We talked about this last week. The Mavs just like to play close games. It's not like Luca's playing and they're rolling people, they play one, two possession games. Every single night, when Luca's yeah, just, up there putting up monster numbers, you know what I'm saying? But, but one like, eight and one against the spread last ten games. There you go. You're talking about laying ten with them. Hell well, here, no. so here's a here's a more historic look at it. Since Kid took over, 
the Mavs at home versus an opponent that's got a win percentage uh, below 50%, so they're sub-500, and the line is higher than eight. So the Mavericks favored by at least eight at home versus a bad team. 11-3 and three straight up, 8-5-1, and one, 65% ATS. So like the question is just, is this Mavs team similar enough to last year's team? Right, because the Mavs have, have definitely screwed around with a lot of bad with a lot of teams, but I don't know how many bad teams they've done that with. Like, I don't know how many bad teams they've let hung around. I know, that, like, the answer here is we're talking a lot about this, and we don't have a consensus, so it's probably a stay away. Right. The reason I think I would probably <laughs> exactly. the reason I probably bet Mavs if this if this were to move to five is that's within free throw range now, right? Like, definitely definitely can see Silas fouling down four. <laughs> Right down, down four last 30 seconds or last, you know, 13 seconds down four fouls. Um, The other thing here is I just kind of wonder if the other guys without having to basically just stand around and watch Luca dribble, if they get a little bit more free and a little bit more involved, it's not Mm -hmm. a criticism. It's not that they're better without Luca. It's that for this one game, do they step up and go like, Oh, Hey, like we all get to touch the ball. That's a neat idea. (laughs) Right. So I just kind of, now that said, they don't have any creators. I'm going to have to really think about this one. Final mm-hmm. one before we get out of here is Cavs minus, uh, I'm sorry, Cavs plus on the road, four and a half versus the Milwaukee Bucks. This is typically an absolute 100% auto play for me on Milwaukee. Um, I've talked about it a lot that essentially every single time that the Bucks face a division opponent, uh, I want to be on the Bucks. Their record versus division opponents is absolutely phenomenal um, under Mike Budenholzer. Since 2018-19, when the Bucks play a division opponent, they are 60 and nine straight up. Mm, okay. They are 48 wow. and 21, 69.6%, 70% against the spread. At home, the Bucks are 25 and 11, 69% against the spread and 33 and three versus division teams. Mike Budenholzer smashes the central division. Uh, You could say, look, the central division has been garbage since he got there, right? The Cavs were trash for years. The Bulls were trash for years. The Pistons have been trash the entire time. Indiana has been underwhelming. So like, what does this really mean? To me, I, I think that there's something to be said for familiarity with opponent that Budenholzer knows how to beat the teams that he's familiar with. And if you want to like a comparison, we go to NFL, like I'm not comparing Budenholzer to the to, to the hoodie. I'm just saying that, like Belichick <laughs> gets it done versus all those division teams. <laughs> okay. Familiarity with opponent, I think, matters. My issue here is the injury report. So um yeah. Drew missed the last game. Chris is still questionable might play like it, it would not shock me if if chris milton was upgraded to probable or played in this game they would just listen as questionable tomorrow morning and he played in this game um Giannis played the last game so he should be good to go the rest of the guys in the last game you know it, they've got injuries but it was just a rest night versus the hawks if they play everybody this line goes up but i still probably like the bucks i just i gotta know who's playing but if the Bucks are playing, I want them in this spot where I do think that the – I think everybody's still going to be suckered in by Cavs. that look really awesome. Cavs have been so good. Cavs are are banged up. They just get – they're off that, that road trip. They're tired. 
Like that's apparent with them and the Jazz that both started hot. They're both tired teams. They gave Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen the night off the other night, so they'll be a little bit more rested. But that to me says that the entire team's a little tired. Uh, Jay, I kind of like the Bucks in this spot if I can get a good injury report. You look cynical. I've been itching to talk about this game. I couldn't wait because nine of those losses that you were talking about, three of them have came to the Cavs, man. I think the Cavs are going towards owning the books. Uh, let's just put it this way. They're lucky that Jared Allen's not in this game. I'd probably I'd probably have a bunch of money on this game. Let's put it that way. I was looking ahead to this game. I wanted Allen to be in there. The Cavs are on no losing streak. Um, I'm still leaning the Cavs. It's nothing against you, Matt, uh, Matt, but Cavs are four straight losses. I think they're a perfect matchup for the books. It's just I really need both trees down there. I do think that Mobley can guard Giannis as well and stop him, but you really need Allen down there. That's the main thing to stop him. So that definitely goes um, to your way, Matt. Um, so Drew Holiday should be playing this game. He did practice. Let's see. Grayson Allen, I don't believe he did practice. He is still questionable, though. Pat Cunnington did uh, did uh, practice, so he should be back as well. So don't be surprised if Cunnington and um, Andrew Holiday are back after taking full practice. Should be back. If you like the books, you probably want to take it early, but let's just put it this way. If Allen went out, I'd have a huge bet on the cap in this one uh, and I still lean their way I think the Cavs are better than the Bucks this season and I think they're a sleeper to win the division as well um don't let the Cavs get healthy because they're going to start back mowing down the rest of the teams now oh man I'm so pissed that Allen's out here but I still lean <laughs> Cavs I still lean Cavs I'm sorry at home the Cavs have listen under Budenholzer have one win against the Bucks they have one win against the Bucks last year mm-hmm. I'm in, just saying they beat them three straight times in December they beat them when the Bucks were basically still trying to get everybody healthy and screwing her. Like that was a messed up season for them. That's kind of my thing is the Cavaliers had this big coming out party last year. The Bucks had a season where they were basically, they, they didn't screw around. They got healthy, but Brooke wasn't back. They took all that time. And then March on, they just killed everybody. They basically waited till all-star and then just went on a rampage. Um, I still think the Bucks are better. Like you got to believe that the Cavs are, are, Especially, I'll say this, at four and a half. So you would take it four and a half. I'd still okay. take the Cavs. I think the Cavs have a our matchup nightmare for the books. Like I said, if Allen, even without Allen, I think they can really match up well. Even if Giannis goes for four to get whatever he wants, they can't. They won't be able to stop Levert. They won't be able to stop Garland or Garland or Mitchell. Whoever is uh, the Holiday's best defensive team on. in the league. The yeah, Bucks are the I, they, best defense in the league. It's coming to an end, man. I'm sorry, man. This Bucks team is, I, I believe they're a little bit of fool's gold, in my opinion. The Cavs are the best team in the division, in my opinion. Could be a hot take, but if they are if they were healthy here, I'd, I'd probably have five figures on the Cavs here, in all honesty. We flip home court, this is pick them. So it makes sense that if you think the Cavs are better, this is a great spot. It's, no, it's also to the Garland and Mitchell haven't played too, too many games together yet. That would be interesting if, if everyone was healthy and it looks like that, you know, Donovan might go, but this is a tough spot. Like like Matt said, Milwaukee is extremely good at home, and they have the best defense, and we're talking about guys coming back, and then we're talking about Cleveland missing the tree, as Jay said, in Allen. It's a really it's a really difficult spot. I I hate this is this feels like a game that Cleveland's going to show up for though, coming off four straight losses, oh, yeah. so. It, it it would be this is a this is an extremely tough spot similar to a really tough spot for me when I was looking at Phoenix minus two minus one and a half at Golden State. I mean, does Golden State picking up their first road game in Phoenix sound plausible? Not really. But then Phoenix also looks lost without Chris. It's a tough spot, and I think Milwaukee and uh, Cleveland here's a tough spot as well. 
Chris is questionable. I thought he was going to play in that game the other night. That's why I had uh, I had Suns money line because I was like, oh, Chris will play. Like he's questionable, and then he didn't yeah. play. And I was like, God damn it! And then they yeah. still could have won that game. <laughs> so I would I, as we record this, there is no, and I know we weren't even talking about this game, but I, I just wanted to get that in there. We as we record this on Tuesday night, there isn't any Devin Booker props up yet. Mm-hmm. I could see Devin having a really big game at home, coming off a frustrating loss where no one got to the free throw line. They had four attempts in Miami. I could see Devin having a huge game here um, against the Warriors at home. In the Action Network app, uh, 75% of the tickets and 93% of the early money is on the Suns, minus one and a half. So by the time we record with this gets out, this probably could be two, two and a half. Yeah. Um, if Chris plays, then it probably goes to what, four and a half? Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Okay. So if, that's if, interesting. If the notification pops up, that I have bet on the Warriors, I want someone to slap me. I need someone <laughs> to It's coming. Me. It's coming. <laughs> because I'm going to see four and a half, and I'm going to talk myself into it based off of how much I like the Warriors matching up with Phoenix. I liked it all last year. It's been a big deal for me. All right, this is a good episode. I think we got a lot of, of, of information on how to bet here. Got you some best bets for the night. So I was on the Celtics Hawks over. I'm now no play on that. Sean's on Celtics Hawks under 232 and a half. Yep. 232 and a half. Is there a number that you don't like that at? I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess around with it lower than probably 231 and a half, 231 at the very bottom, but okay. I really like 232 okay, and a half. I think it's going to be a really, a really grinded out Atlanta Hawks were here type of game and they're going to try to prove something to the Celtics. Uh, Jay likes Hawks plus two. And do you like him on the money line as well? Yes, sir. Yeah, the Hawks could close this one minus one, and I'd still uh, I'd still take Hawks here. Okay, he likes Hawks uh, straight up, or, um, spread and the money line. Mavericks, I'm going to bet the Mavericks if Luka doesn't play. I'm going to stay away if he doesn't, and we'll see how that goes. We'll see how I what I say about that on Friday's episode with Brandon. Um, and I, I will say I will probably wind up betting Bucks minus four and a half. I will that's bucks at any number is probably by the after i look at the injury report i will decide but i'm going to be on bucks in this game and we'll see if jay's right and the Cavs are indeed the better team all right fun episode thanks for joining us everybody give us those five star reviews let us know what you think about all of our debates here follow us on twitter jay's on twitter at j money is money sean's on twitter at chicago flow i'm on twitter at hp basketball we'll see you guys again tomorrow with another episode of best bets let's get buckets <laughs>